I really had a reality check. It was like this two to three year time, like time period where I did hair out of my parents' basement. And I just really was like, do these people like me or do they like my hair or do they just want to come here because I have a signature on my board from somebody super famous. Welcome to the No More Zero Days podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you move out of living zero days where you get absolutely nothing done towards accomplishing your goal for your life through listening to those that are living out their dreams and how they've overcome their own obstacles. I'm your host, Eric Savage, and on today's episode, we have Logan Schaffer, better known as Big Love Cuts. Logan is a renowned hairstylist here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm blessed to say the man that's been cutting my hair for almost two years. He joins us to talk about his journey from starting cutting hair in his parents' basement to reaching the top of his career cutting hair for celebrities, bands, magazines, and public figures. We talk about everything from how he got the name Big Love Cuts, advice for dealing with celebrity clients, finding personal happiness, overcoming the opinions of others, and so much more. So let's get into today's episode. Just go ahead and tell me a little bit about how you got into cutting hair. Was that something as a kid you knew you were interested in? Was this a thing that developed later in life? Like, just kind of tell me that story. So this is the funniest story I think that I have to tell because people don't really believe it usually. (laughs) But I actually always wanted to be a cop when I was a kid and, you know, a detective, like I wanted to do the real stuff. And, uh, just as I grew up, man, I, I just kind of developed a passion to like make my own clothes and do this and that. And it wasn't really accepted in my family to do fashion because it was, you know, not a straight person's thing at the time. And, um, my hairstylist at the time was just like, Hey man, you'd be really good at doing hair. I bet you would never do that. And of course, my response was very ignorant at the time. And I was like, yeah, you're right. She put money on the offer. So I decided to start looking at hair schools. <laughs> and my mother and I, we found one. And uh, it, it, you know, it was the cheapest one I could find. It literally was a ghetto school to the point where I think the average was nine times we showed up to school and it had locks on the doors because they didn't pay the bills. <laughs> right. Like literally that's how ghetto it was. Uh, and I think that's what's really fun about my career because of where I am today. So how old were you when, when you started going to that hair school? Uh, man, uh, probably 19 years old. And so was it, is, I mean, has it just been literally and the rest is history or were there other bumps along the way or, or doubts or career changes or like once you graduated hair school, did you go straight into it? Did you do something else? Like, uh, that's a good one. Uh, we, when I graduated, I had already been working at a salon, you know, I was sweeping and all that stuff and kind of working my way up. And, uh, it was owned by two brothers, uh, people who know me, I'm not going to say the name cause I don't want there to be drama from this. Um, but people who know me for a long time, they know, they know what the salon was. Well, there's two brothers who owned it. One was really awesome. And the other one pretended to be really awesome. Well, I got asked by a friend of mine who managed a band if I could go to Nashville and do a photo shoot. And I said, yeah. So I told my bosses and the cool one was like, dude, that's amazing. You should do that. We can get posters and put it up. The other one said, if you do it, you're fired. Have them come here. And I said, well, Joe Smith is what I'm going to call him. I'm going to go do it. And if you want to fire me, that's you and your brother's problem. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I left and I went up and I did the photo shoot and I came back and the one brother was like, well, you're no longer working here. And the other brother goes, no, he's still working here. So I said, I'll make it easy. The Lord's telling me I should just go work for myself. Explain to me what 
how you got the name Big Love Cuts or how you came up with that or what that kind of means to you and your brand. Yeah, so uh, it's really simple. Uh, one an old friend of mine uh, named uh, Nathan Condry, uh, he is uh, just a guy that would hang out and he would always call, he'd always be like, what's up, Big Love? What's up, Big Love? And that started kind of being one of those things where when I'd go on tour, you know, I was like, hey, yeah, you can just call me Big Love or whatever. And then people started just calling me that. And then we were, I was out with a, a band called Fee and, you know, we were going on and off the bus and somebody goes, oh, who's that? And they go, oh, that's Big Love. <laughs> and uh, they're like, well, what's he do? Well, Big Love cuts hair. And that's literally where it came from. It flowed off the lips so well that we were like, Big Love Cuts is now my name. <laughs> so, and it, and it is, and it's kind of funny because it's it's been like 15 years almost, and I still go by Big Love Cuts, and what it stands for now is, is funny, because it didn't stand for back then, but I'm a big dude. I love people, and I cut hair. And, you know, what better name could I have asked for to happen? Talk to me about how you approach cutting people's hair because for you you know even what you just kind of say what big love cuts means now in 2019 and beyond like clearly this isn't just something you show up your mind is a thousand places elsewhere i can attest this because you <laughs> cut my hair yeah. like you're engaging you care like you're very passionate about what you're doing you're active on social media you're networking like what does it mean for you to be big love cuts like what does it mean for you to style people's hair i think the only thing that comes to mind right here is just honor like i feel honored to cut the people's hair that are, that's in my chair because not only do I get to create that relationship with them and I mean man even you like you and I have talked about some very personal things and we've talked about really goofy things you know and, and it's all over the spectrum of what we'll talk about and I just think that's cool because I have that with literally every client that I have and I, I hate that I say client but that's just the terminology for it you know because I, I always feel that I walk away with more friends and so do they and so yeah, to sum that up for sure, I just feel honored that I have the people that want to come to me, you know, especially with no, like never marketing myself other than social media, you know, and that's the craziest thing. Talk to me a little bit about that, that, that vision for never wanting to market yourself. Like why is, why was that a vision for you? Why was that important for you? And then practically, like how has that come to life for your, for your business? I'll start backwards. <laughs> practically you save money by not paying all this money to, you know, advertise uh, that people may not actually buy into, you know, and that's the thing is I don't want people to buy into me. I want them to come to me because they see the art and they see the person that I am and that they just want to be changed by a haircut. And to those of you listening, that sounds crazy that you can be changed by a haircut, but I'm pretty sure Mr. Savage here would, would tell you he's shaking his head. Yes. Thousand percent. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you can literally talk to any of my clients and they'll tell you, you know, and I have people that range from literally, you know, a bag boy at Kroger all the way to, you know, somebody who's on TV every weekend, you know, and it's, and it's crazy. I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I just think that, um, marketing yourself is something that if people truly believe in you, that they'll do it for you. You know, not that I'm expecting people to market for me, but people just do it willingly because of how I am for them. You know, you asked me today when you came in for a haircut, hey, do you want to do this podcast? And I said, yep, no questions asked because you're helping me and I can help you. Talk to me. I want to take a step back because I love, I love all your deep answers, but I also want to practically take people through your journey. So you talked a lot about in the beginning of you're being on tour, you're doing a lot of musicians, but now not saying that you don't work with musicians because I don't know that for a fact, but like you're in a studio, I've 
were in your second studio since I've known you, you've been around. Take me through kind of that journey of dealing with artists, being on the road to now like kind of having your own studio and everything in between and kind of just that whole process for you of how that's changed. So what's crazy is, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're telling all right now and I love that. Uh, you know, I did, I did tour with some pretty big names. Um, and it was funny cause it, it was a lot in the Christian music industry and then a lot in the secular music industry. And, you know, I don't want to name any more names just because I don't, I don't appreciate name drops, I, whatever. If you want to look me up, Google me and you'll see. It was crazy going from a, from a tour bus life was, was really fun. It was cool to wake up in a different city every day and not really knowing what your schedule was. You know, and I mean, I got paid to do people's hair. I didn't have to do it every day. It was just like, I just got paid to literally go travel with bands, you know? And uh, it was neat because, you know, people would all, they would want to interview me too. And I was like, what, that's crazy, you know? And uh, I got kind of used to this almost cocky lifestyle living on tour. And for me, you know, I ended up starting to drink a lot and to do a lot of things that I just was questionable for myself. And, uh, you know, seven years into pretty much touring with, with all kinds of bands, I'd said, I'm done. You know, I, I, there's magazines with my name on it where I was the tour stylist for Vans Warped Tour. And that's what people knew me as. And when I decided to quit that, it wasn't that I didn't want to do bands anymore. I do bands. They still come in and see me. You know, I'll still go do photo shoots, whatever. I don't mind. But what it comes down to is the fact that um, I was poisoning myself and I had to get away from it for a while. And so my parents were cool enough to let me start cutting hair in their basement, which was really funny because after having your phone stolen from people because they want to get the numbers out of it from the people that you know, uh, you kind of realize like, man, nobody really wants to be your friend. They want to be your acquaintance and meet the people that you know. And so I really had a reality check. It was like this two to three year time, like time period where I did hair out of my parents' basement. And I just really was like, do these people like me or do they like my hair or do they just want to come here because I have a signature on my board from somebody super famous. Time and time again, it was proven that, you know, people actually did like my stuff. And I, I went from cutting, you know, 10 people to cutting 20 people to cutting 400 people to cutting, I have a list of 800 clients that is insane. I don't cut 800 people in a month. Obviously you can't do that, but there's a rotating amount of about 800 people that I cut hair for that travel from all over the place because of word of mouth. And that's the coolest thing to me. That goes back to the marketing question. That goes back to just like following your dream and knowing that you're in the right place. And in doing so, having built so many clients up in my parents' basement, uh, a really good friend of mine, I'm going to say his name because he's an amazing person. His name is Jeff Hewlett. Uh, he really helped build me into who I am today from that point. He helped, let me put a shop into his space. He taught me how to pay rent because I didn't know that. You know, I'm, a, I was, I'm not a business owner at that point. I'm just a guy cutting hair for free in my parents' basement. You know, not free haircuts, but free rent. So he started me on this scale, moved me up, and I started to understand money coming in, money going out, which is really cool. Sorry, I'm getting really serious here again. But... Um, you know, he really helped me. And then, you know, whenever it was time for me to move on because I grew, he was like, this is perfect. This is what it's for. And this man still to this day, I can call him today. He'll give, he'll op open a FaceTime. What's up, man? I need a hug, you know, because he didn't want me around just to keep making money. He wanted me around to teach me and to know that I'm going to grow and move on. And that's the biggest thing I can say to anybody in any business. If you have somebody that works for you or somebody that you're trying to help with, uh, you know, help build their career. Don't think that they, that you own them because you don't. And if you feel that way, they're never going to want to come back to you with Mr. Hewlett. I, I will probably call him after this interview. Just be, Hey man, I love you. 
you know, because he really helped build me up into who I am today. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> no, that's a, that's amazing. I have like 5,000 questions, but, <laughs> right, yeah, I'm, cool. I'm, but yeah. I'm gonna ask two that are just sticking before I forget them. I wanna take a step back sure. and I'll come back. I love your seriousness, by the way, so yeah, yeah. it's really inspiring. Uh, it, for him, this is crazy because I'm not usually this serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, first, first was on, so you talked about, uh, you, you were ready to leave the tour life because you realized you were doing some things, consuming some things, whatever, you know, just this wasn't me. What made you want to make that change? And and feel free to not share details if it's just simply like I bottomed out or I saw what I could be or I had a scare. I'm always fascinated by that because I've had my own experience of you know something similar. And anyways, you can listen to another podcast, but this is about Logan, not me. And then the second one that you hit on that I love your answer because I know this is a fact because I'm a little bit in this industry of working with musicians and stuff is how did you approach working with like famous people and, and not always fanboying them because the thing that I know and then I'll shut up and let you answer these questions is anybody can get in a bat in the music scene or with famous people but if you suck or you do it for the wrong reasons like they'll cut you out so quick like they're like bye get out of here 100 percent. so <laughs> I'm yeah so I'm just curious of like how how do you approach that because I know you have a great answer dealing with a-list clients or famous people how did you approach them especially doing something as personal as their hair and I would imagine, you know, again, you don't have to name names, but like, I'm sure people were very needy or had to be very, very specific or, or I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I'm fascinated yeah, yeah. by those two things of just, again, first question, and you can go in either order of when, when you had that moment of you're like, I need to change and go on. Like, how did you know that this was the time and, and what steps did you take? And then second one being, uh, how do you treat A-list people for you or, or what advice or tips do you have for that? Well, I'll answer the first question first, and it's a really simple answer. My liver hurt. <laughs> and, uh, you know, whenever you can physically feel that, you kind of go, wow, that's a real reality check, you know? Uh, and for me growing up, too, like, that was a huge one because, like, you know, I grew up really Southern Baptist, and which is really crazy compared to where I am today, you know? Um, and, you know, I don't want to bring religion into this by any means, but um, there's a lot of fear behind it. Um, and it was, was I doing this to fit in or was I doing this for some other reason? And so for me to quit was to find myself. Um, and then <laughs> reacting with people is, is exactly this. So you're you and I'm me. I'm going to treat you how you're supposed to be treated, just like a human being. Well, A-list guy comes in. He's going to sit down in the waiting chair. You're getting your hair cut. He's going to wait because I don't treat him any differently than I treat you. And you know what? Time and time again, every single one of the famous people, I'm doing air quotes here, people, uh, because it doesn't matter. Fame is just a freaking word. Um, they're just people. And they wanted to be treat, treated like people. If they don't want to be treated like people and they want to be treated famous, then screw it. I don't want to talk to them. Because you got to make time for everybody. You know, like I, I stated earlier, you know, I have people who, who are baggers at, you know, grocery stores up to A-list clients. And they all come to me because they have all been in the same situation. Almost every single person that has been in, in here at one point or another with them getting their haircut and there's like a Grammy Award winner or, you know, uh, an actor is getting their haircut and they're sitting there going, Oh snap, like I'm in the same room with this guy and he, he's talking to me while I'm in the chair and he's cutting this guy's hair and whoa. That's all it is, man, is you just treat them how you want to be treated because they're people too and they're so tired of people going like, oh, hey, they, they almost coddle them like, oh, I'm so sorry, like 
can I talk to you? Or can I take a photo with you? You know, I never take photos. Heck, it's funny too, because some of them will be like, do you want to take a photo of my hair? I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know? And it's funny because I reject photos of them. And it's it's satire is what it is. You know, it, it, it's, it's comedic. And they it keeps them coming back because I treated them like their, you know, bro would treat them when they're seven years old. And they, it gives them a kickback and a laugh. I promise I wasn't wanting to do this, but I'm going to have post my own little or uh, speak my own little thing into that because we a thousand percent agree. And that's that I always think it's interesting that whenever I'm around someone that has a million followers or is an A-list person is the one thing that, you know, <laughs> that they, uh, the, the one thing that A-list people have is that they're human. Like they are human just like you and I. And I think people put them on a pedestal not saying they don't deserve respect or they haven't done something great but at the end of the day they still all want to be seen heard loved and so for me i always think about like just like you said and that's what made me kind of want to jump in here was everybody's trying to take something from them a photo hey can you facetime my mom hey can you say this for me but i'm just like i just want to give like what can i do for you like, right and, you know because people like and and this is a big one people are like even me i don't have that many followers i have like two thousand. whatever i don't care like uh, but they'll be like, Hey, can you post this on your story? Because they know that like with the hashtag I use, I'll get like 10,000 views on my story. And you know what I say? For sure, man, because it doesn't matter. It's just social media, you know? And, and I, I want to say this, not, not to critique or anything, but you know, you'll say a list. Yeah. What's that really mean? Right. You know, you start breaking that down and then it starts kind of breaking down this barrier that people have made between I could never be. Chris Pratt. I don't cut hair for Chris Pratt. I would love to. So if you listen to this, please hit me up. Uh, but, uh, but you know, like, like it, once you start realizing like, oh man, they're just people, yeah. then you can do anything. Uh, what do you think people misunderstand about you? Uh, usually my, my, my humor, <laughs> you know, cause I'll sit there and I'll say something and they'll be like, wait, wait, are you really going to go punch a baby? And I'm like, no, I would not even hurt a fly dog. Like it's just, you know, I say things just off, off a cuff, you know, you know, you know me, I'm, I get crazy sometimes, not like, rah, but just, you know, I'll be like, oh man, somebody hurt your feelings. Well, I'm going to go punch him in the face. I would never do that, but it's just funny. It says it because it just, it's, it's proving like I care about you, but I wouldn't do that. What do you think motivates you to get out of bed every day? Bills. <laughs> no, not really. Um, you know, it, it's actually kind of cool because my wife and I, you know, we decided to, to just live small. Um, you know, we don't, yeah, we could, go get a big house if we wanted to. Um, but you know, like for us, it's just her and I, and if we have a place where people can come to and they just feel welcome and it's a, it's not a huge space, but it's, it's a welcoming space. That's all we need. So, uh, you know, we, I don't know. We just, I wake up every morning, not worrying about bills. You know, I said that at first cause it's funny, but that's what most people wake up for is for bills. And I didn't want that for our life. So I wake up every day and I'm joyful because, man, I get like today I was so stoked because I got to see you and cut your hair. You know, every single person to me is just awesome. You know, I'm very lucky that I have such amazing people that pay my bills for me. You know what I mean? And I, and I know that sounds crazy the way that I worded it, but that's what it is. You know, if you didn't come get a haircut, I wouldn't be able to afford, you know, one of my bills that I have. But like you were saying earlier, you come because it's consistent and you love it and you just love talking to me, you know, and I love talking to you. What do you think, uh, what does happiness look like for you? What, like, what is happiness for Logan? Oh man, this is really a touchy subject right now because 
happiness can't be found in somebody else. Uh, you have to wake up and be happy with yourself. And it's, it's literally a mental choice every day. Um, whether you think that you are the most positive person in the world or you're the most negative person, everybody has a slight battle with self-esteem, with feeling great, with feeling powerful, with not feeling great, with not feeling powerful or just being worthless. Right. And I, yesterday was a day for me. I felt defeated all day and I wear it on my face. People are like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And then at the end of the day, I went home and I just, you know, for me, I just kind of prayed and I just, I just was like, why do I feel defeated today? And I talked to my wife and I was like, Hey, I felt defeated today. And she was like, dude, me too. And we talked about it. We cried about it. And we, 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 we prayed, we talked and we moved on. And dude, I woke up today just so refreshed because for me, happiness is making sure that I'm happy because I can't even make my wife happy and my wife can't make me happy. Correct. That's just life. You can't find your happiness in anybody else except for yourself. So until you're okay with yourself, you're not going to be happy. Have you, would you say that you've always been happy with yourself or is it a constant journey or, or how did you, I'm just fast. I'm personally fascinated because this is even a journey I've been on and you know, I can't sure. say that I've always been confident or there definitely, I have shitty days. I had one this morning and yeah. wasn't expecting it. And, <laughs> but here we are and you just learned to overcome that. And yeah, like you, I just have to pray and get on my knees and be like, right. You know, this is just so far above what I can handle and only, you know, the creator of the universe can handle. But talk to me about that. Were there steps or things that had to go on in your life for you to either become happy to where you are or even learn to understand yourself and become self-aware? Uh, the biggest thing, and I think we talked, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast yet or if we talked to this pref- pre-, pre the podcast, but um, one of my things was, you know, and don't get me wrong, I love my family. Let me say that again. I love my family. And I love my friends. But the religious background that my family has used to make me not feel comfortable with being myself. You know, even when I dyed my hair green, I own my own business. I have for like 13 years. They, they go, why green? Why, why would you do that? Like they, like they would just question me and it wasn't that they were mad or whatever, but like they would judge and they wanted to know why for me, there's no why I just wanted green hair, you know? Uh, cause I could do it. You know, I, I teach on a platform for the two top companies in the world in the hair industry. And they don't care that I have green hair and neither do the people that come and see me and meet me and greet me and want a signature or want a photo with me. And then, so for me, uh, you know, my pastor, uh, Aaron Snow, uh, he's amazing. And we've kind of talked about this and it's like, you know, you don't have to sit there and, and dwell on what your friends or your family think you can love them and you can, uh, respect them, but you don't have to agree with them. And so for me, like I literally, when I lived at my parents' house, uh, the, in like the last three years that I had lived there, if if one thing was wrong or I didn't feel like the man that day, I literally would be just curled up on my bed with the AC on pitch black windows. And I would just literally just lay there all day depressed. So I literally had to like literally shovel myself out of depression. And I had to start having a mental morning. Every time when I wake up, go, I'm going to love myself. I don't care. And I stub my toe. I say, fuck, you know what? And, it's momentarily that it hurts. And I'm like, I'm not, that's not going to address my day. Yep. Wow. You know, and like little things like that. And it's funny cause my wife is like, I don't know how you're so happy today sometimes. Cause like, you know, I'll wake up and I'll fall or, and then like, you know, my knee will pop and I almost fall over. And then like I go to the bathroom and I don't open the door all the way and I slam my face into it. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, and then it's a miracle that I didn't fall and break everything else in the bathroom. You know, I'm just a clumsy person sometimes. And 
some people would take the clumsiness and be like, wow, man, I, I'm just going to have it. That's going to be my day. That's not it, man. Words have the power to heal and they have the power to corrupt. And I mean, that's scripture, but I literally do believe it in reality today. Like if you say, I'm going to have a good day and whatever comes my way, I'm going to turn it into good. And I'm going to look at the positive every time that's going to be where you sit. But if you go, if you're having a great day and then somebody comes up and they say, Hey man, <laughs> your flies undone," or Hey man, you realize like, you know, Joe Smo is talking shit about you. Well, you know, cool. That could literally change my attitude, yep. but I go, let them talk it, please. Because people who know me are going to, they, they know me and people who don't know me, come meet me. You know, honestly, that's how I built some of my clientele. A lot of the barbers around here, they would talk smack about me because I was just this rogue guy who did hair. And they were jealous that I worked for these companies that wanted me to work for them. And so they would sit there and talk so much stuff that so people would get on the Instagram, they'd find this big love cuts that they're talking about. And next thing you know, they'd book on my online and they'd come in and be, hey, so-and-so was talking about you. I saw your hair and it was way better. <laughs> and it was really cool and you just seemed like a cool person. I want to come meet you. Hashtag marketing. Yeah. You know, let, let your haters talk. Don't silence them. You know, because, uh, you know, it, it, for me, it's funded a lot more adventures for me, <laughs> you know, and I have way more friends and clients again, you know, but I don't know, literally back to the question, you've got to every day wake up. If you're a religious person, be on your knees in prayer and just be like, hey, I'm going to have a good day today. If you're not religious, that's totally fine. Just tell yourself, let's be positive today and always, always find the positive notes. I mean, dude, people like, you know, what? When, a couple of weeks ago, my grandmother passed away. Sorry. Thank you. It's okay. You know, uh, I'm okay with it though. I didn't even, you know, I'm not a big crier, but I didn't even shed a tear. And when people were like, dude, I'm so sorry. Just like you said, I'm like, it's okay. And normally people would just let that dwell and it would make them really sad. And they're like, well, why are you so okay with this? Well, guess what? My grandmother didn't even know what conversation she was in for the past like six years. Dementia. You know, her, her carpal tunnel was so bad when she came back, you know, and she had like a, a five minute stint of like cognitive thinking and knew where she was. She was like, why couldn't, why can't I cross stitch? Really sad. And the last thing that she actually ever told to me in a cognitive state was she made a joke about my tattoos and then said, I'm always going to love you. So I was at peace. And when I heard she passed, I could have dwelt on the fact that she passed, but no, I went immediately back to years ago when she had that clear thought and told me she loved me and she always will. And I said, I'm at peace. And it made me positive that she's in a better place. I don't have to dwell and be sad. That's just one example. Amazing. <laughs> so we're definitely going to record like two or three or four more episodes sure, because sure. Yeah. I love all your answers, but I want to go into this next phase of, because of what I would imagine is that anyone that follows you is more than likely probably in the hair industry. And so I want to speak to that a little bit and give some practical wisdom for whatever you're willing to share. Cause I know you're super smart and, uh, very, very, <laughs> <Some> my <laughs> big deliver, <laughs> very business savvy. And you're always doing things even outside of the hair. And that's why I always appreciate you, yeah. you know, cause you're just grinding. Like I, I respect that about anybody. Um, but, uh, talk to me a little bit about, so again, so you went to hair school at 19. If you were to go back and tell your 19 year old self today, what you know now and the successes you've been able to have and continue to have with the business, like what's that one piece of advice you would have told your 19 year old self walking into hair school? Hey man, things get better. Like literally I've thought about making an Instagram page of just posting up my, my work from like the first six years I did hair 
because so many people are like, dude, you're so good. How can I ever be as good as you? And like, I'll go teach at schools and, and like the, the directors will be like, Hey, can you come talk to this student? You know, I'll go talk to them and they're like, man, I just, you know, I got, came into school and I thought I'd be good. And you know, I don't have an Instagram that's worthy like yours right now. I'm like, what do you mean worthy? You know? And they're like, I just can't cut as good as you. I'm like, well, that takes time. Uh, you know, hello, <laughs> you know, so many people think like, it's just like overnight deal, you know? And I mean, I've grinded for so long to be able to afford this kind of space you know, and to be able to afford everything that I do and to, to be renowned in, in the industry, you know, which is cool. Like, yeah, whatever. It's a cool thing. You know, it is, but I don't like labels, but I'll say it for that. Because this podcast like really is, is, and we'll wrap this up here, but you're doing sure. great. Uh, because really the focus of this is what I was really inspired by was people like you, other people I know that are successful now and are, you know, even just really getting started, I think, and, and have just limitless opportunities of, again it's just what you said is people and i see this even in the the, the photography videography world of people yeah. like oh if i could just make a photo or video like you and i'm like yo like i've been doing this for eight years yeah like like you i'm like you want to see my first picture like right? it was shit like yeah, dude I, like it was the worst thing you've ever seen in your we life we should we should start an instagram <laughs> yes. together where we just post like old stuff and and, and like literally be like this is where you start <laughs> yeah i mean i mean I'll, I'll even look at stuff from last year yeah. like not even eight years like and i'm just like what is this like this but anyways so the point i'm rambling on about is just i want to hear from you of what practical advice do you have for people that either twofold one is just starting out they're like i love hair i want to be a hairstylist what would you tell them on that journey of kind of the watch outs or any little tips you have and then the second is someone that's struggling to be inspired or to find their voice because they realized they're in just this endless comparison game. They're trying to break out from that and, and be themselves. That's a huge one because even I get in the comparison game. You know, you do too, yes. I bet. Yes. Um, and, you know, that, that's, a, that's a mental battle with social media. And, you know, sometimes, like, you'll see me, I'll post every day. And then every, every now and then, like, I'll take a week and I just won't post. And that's me just taking a break. I don't announce. I'm taking a break from social media. People do that all the time. Cool. Take your break. I take mine in silence because I don't care. I don't want people to feel sorry for me that I'm taking a break from it because I'm having issues judging myself against other people's work, you know, but I do it in silence. And to answer all of this together, just know that you're going to fail at some point. Now that is the most positive thing I can say, because what you do with that failure is what's going to like really cultivate your, your, your next steps. Uh, so for me, you know, I fail every time I fail, I think, why did this fail? I find out why, and I don't do that again. And then I take what worked and I add that to the next thing I'm going to try. You know, you know me, I have multiple businesses and I literally, I, I have three other ideas right now. I want to tell you that I'm going to start, but I can't, you know, and it, it's just one of those things where, yeah, sure. I have, if I have seven ideas right now, probably four of them are going to fail. That's okay. Cause if you don't try, you'll never succeed, you know? And you can sit there and you can read and listen to Rob Deerdeck and you can read and, you know, all these billionaires, you know, and these millionaires, like how they got there. And they'll all tell you they failed at some point. And I'm here. I'm not a billionaire. I'm not a millionaire. I'm just a dude who loves to cut hair and I just love people and I love crazy ideas. And I have failed many times. And that's okay. Because look at me. I'm going to be interviewed on a podcast by Mr. Savage. That's freaking dope to me. Two, two questions left. Uh, this last one, and I'm going to set it up with uh, just a personal, I'll be fully transparent. 
So I just started my business. As you know, I've been working on this for years and years and years. Quit my dream job, you know, a, a couple months ago. And I'll just be flat out transparent. I was so ready to start that business from a business strategy in my head. These are the practical steps. This is how we're going to do it. But the one thing that I absolutely underestimated and just hit me like a tidal wave was the personal and emotional and mental strength that it takes to, to go out and a hundred percent give it your all, but be financially dependent on that to wake up every day. And that's what you do because for so long I'd always been running multiple businesses. So I'd always had, you know, this is kind of my dream thing, but I have, you know, I'm still getting a paycheck on the first and 15th. And so I ultimately, and this will be a separate episode. If you're listening, you can, I'll, I'll be transparent and I'll tell you about it. But I just absolutely, I remember when I had to call my father and it was just like, like straight up, like I'm, I'm not in a, a, a bad place in the sense of like, you know, I'm not depressed or anything, but like, this is probably the lowest moment for me in my life because I didn't understand until I finally got on the other side and made that jump. And it was supposed to be this great thing. And everyone's like, wow, you're so amazing. You started your business and look at your pictures and you're so talented. I'm like, but like, I, I just, I can't even really put it into words. It's the first time I've ever actually talked about it out loud to someone other sure, than my dad. Yeah. So I'm still, I need to tighten it up. But yeah. what I'm trying to get to is set up the story of you're a hundred percent an entrepreneur by you saying that you've got multiple businesses and you got three in your head. Like that's yeah. just, you're always thinking and, and tinkering and that's what make entrepreneurs great. And I respect that. But I want to know, did you ever have a moment like that where, whether it was in hair or another business, but from a business mindset that affected you personally, that you were like, this is, this is bigger, so much bigger than me than I thought, or I underestimated this moment or, or how did you learn to kind of come from that or, or grow from that? And, and maybe you don't have one and maybe that was just me. But for me, I was just from an entrepreneurial standpoint of someone that's in business and wants to start their thing. I'm this happy guy, full of energy all the time, little energizer bunny, but all of a sudden like, I just didn't realize how much my personal life was going to affect the business. Like every rejection for a, a date was then like, well, that's why the client doesn't like my picture or every man. I bet this is going to get a hundred likes and it got 20 or I right. bet I'm going to do this for this artist. And then they never post it and they post another photographers from that show. And it's so much lesser quality and people are texting me like, but yours is so much better. And it's just, I, I didn't address that. And all of a sudden I realized I felt like I had four walls around me of just like, you suck. Like, you're not going to do this. You thought you were going to be amazing, but it's that moment where you talk about it, you romanticize about the business, and then you got to put your money where your mouth is. Right. Like, did you ever have anything like that? Yeah. Um, I really, really want to say the names, but out of respect, I'm not going to. Um, there's, <laughs> what, there's a band in particular. Uh, they have a very famous drummer, and then every single one of the band is very famous too. And I did hair for all of them. And they used to pay me and then they would try to haggle me. And I'm like, why you guys are super famous. Like what the heck, you know? And then they wanted my haircuts and I was like, cool. So I'd give them. And then they started working out of this deal. They said, Hey, if you give us free haircuts for, you know, the next six months while we're here recording at the studio that my old place was in, um, you know, we'll, we'll credit you on all the video work, all the, all the stuff we post, we'll post your logo and all this stuff. Well, time came, they didn't, they just left free haircuts for six months to a band that could afford it. Never once posted me, never once told anybody to get their haircut by me, never once did anything for me. 
they promised they would, but they didn't. Well, that if that doesn't make you feel like a piece of shit, I don't know what does. But guess what? I had to realize I didn't do the wrong thing. They did. They're the ones that are probably waking up every day in the back of their mind going, man, we really fucked Logan over. But they didn't because now they're not my clients. I will never let them be my clients again. And you know what? It made me a better person. I have contracts now whenever I work with a band that says they will post this or that they will do that. If they say they're going to do it, it's, I want it in writing. So I learned my lessons, right? And there's another artist. He's a country artist. He's really good. I like to listen to him too. I hate that I like to listen to him because, you know, we, there's this, it's crazy. And I know some of you are going to listen. You're going to know exactly who I'm talking about. And that's cool. You know, don't hate him for this. Uh, you know, he came to my old studio, got the photo, you know, he posted it on his social media, all this stuff. I was like, that's sick. Well, I gave him a haircut because some, he went back to Nashville. He, he got a haircut up there, hated it. He literally drove four hours to, for me to fix his haircut. I fixed his haircut. He posts the haircut, gives credit to the barber in Nashville, not me. Because it's a girl and she was hot and he wanted a banger. Tell me that that's not something that would just crush your spirit. But you know what? I d- yeah, I did not let it. You know, I, I did for a moment. And then I go, you know what? I'm better than, than this man. You know, he will forever know what he did. That's okay. He gets to live with it. If he ever wants to call me up and apologize, I'll gladly hear that apology. Any of these bands, if you, any of you guys are listening and any of you guys did this to me, I still love you. I don't wake up every day feeling like a piece of crap like you do. <laughs> and, you know, but that's one of those things where, like, that's some satire. That's a little comedy, you know, in that sentence. You know, I don't really mean that. But at the same time, when I say it, it actually makes me laugh. It made you laugh. And therefore, I can feel better about it, you know? Like, if you can't find the joy or some laughter in, so, in something, then what's really the point in living? Or what's the, really the point in, in, in doing what you're doing, you know? Like, you're going to always have that. And th- that was literally three years ago for me, you know? And I, I've had moments since. I've had moments before that. Everybody that is an entrepreneur, anybody that jumps into their business, you know, you've got to know that there's going to be low points. And do stuff. Reach out to me in Savage. We have social media. We have, you know, you can find my phone number a lot of places if you Google me. You know, please don't call me in the middle of the night, but text me, you know, or, or DM us. You know, we just want people to succeed. And, you know, I thought it was really cool because you, even when you first met me, you told me about these ideas. And I helped, you know, I talked to you a little bit here and there. Nobody even knew what we were talking about but it's really cool that you're doing this now, you know? And to anybody, like, don't be, don't be, you know, (laughs) don't beat yourself up. Don't say you can't do this or don't be like, oh man, well, I can't be like them because they already have a following or they already have this and they already have that. Well, guess what? It didn't happen overnight. It was a long grind. It still is a grind. Like I was just telling Savage, it's crazy that, uh, you know, after doing hair for so long that I have a Saturday that had nothing booked on it, but you know what? I'm I'm not even going to be upset about it because you know, family's actually coming in. I can block it off. I get to go hang out with them. I'm turning it into a positive. Last question, and I'm going to purposely leave it pretty basic and open-ended. So you can either go really deep or you can just A, B, C. What are your personal business tips or advice right now at the moment that you would hope or you'd want to share with other entrepreneurs? It can be hair-specific. It can just be business-related. But what are kind of those things that are top of mind for you that you've really learned like kind of like what are those Instagram stories and you're good about this because you post positivity a lot and little tips but like what are kind of those things or tidbits that have been rolling around your head the past you know recently immediately I was literally nipping to say this uh be genuinely you a hundred percent of the time and if you are having a bad day try to pull yourself out but let people know man I'm having a bad day 
because they will help you build, you know, you have this network of people that will help build you up and help pull you out of that. And I, I, I rely on people all the time. You know, my friend Shane, just, you know, everybody like it, it's crazy, man. Like be genuinely you don't be afraid of failure, learn from the mistakes. Don't do them again. You know, and every time that you try put more into it, you know, every time I, I started with hundred percent, I'm probably putting 310% at this point in my life, you know, with everything I do. And, you know, I don't sleep a lot and that's because I'm an entrepreneur. You know, we're always up. We're always thinking we're always this and that, you know, and a lot of people will be like, well, I don't sleep a lot either, but I feel bad all the time. Well, try to get some sleep then, you know, if you can't do it, you can't do it. You know, not everybody's meant for this, you know, four hours of sleep, wake up and grind and do everything, you know, but some people are. And that's not bad. You could, hey, if you need 12 hours sleep, but you can make a slamming YouTube video, do it. There's no, you know, people will say there's, you know, there's three or five reasons or five ways to get to success. Well, no, because as long as you're authentically you, as long as you are learning from mistakes, and as long as you're growing continually, that's what's going to make it. You know, you can't just go off of, you know, Joe Schmo's book of, uh, of for success or, you know, Jane Doe's, you know, YouTube video for becoming famous because not everybody's algorithm or strategy works for everybody. You got to find your niche. You got to find what you're good at. Dude, I'm freaking phenomenal at doing hair color, but guess what? I haven't done hair color. I've done one hair color in like seven years because my niche is doing cuts, working with scissors, not just men, not just women, just cutting hair. That's what I'm very, very good at. So that's what I've developed my talents in. That's why I have scissors that are like $20,000 sitting there, you know? And people, they, they like to joke about that too. They're like, oh my gosh, like yeah, all this stuff. But invest in yourself too. Because for those of you who just heard me say I have $20,000 in scissors, that's a low ball. That's way more expensive than that. And I'm not saying that to be cocky. I'm not saying that to be crazy. I'm not saying that to be whatever. That is just proof to you that I invested in myself. Because for the longest time I used the scissors that I was given in hair school, and I was getting all these famous people and I was doing all this hair, but guess what? It wasn't as good as it could have been now. You know, you don't hear a musician, you know, who's got, you know, a hundred thousand followers playing a, a, a guitar and an amp from Walmart. That's crazy. That's asinine. You would never see that. You know, you, you said you want to do this podcast and you know, you didn't just pull out an iPhone with and plug in a cable and go, okay, we're doing this. No, you have literally two cases and all this stuff. I don't even know what it is. You know, you're all in. Be all in on yourself, believe in yourself, and that is what's going to do it. Because nobody's going to believe in you unless you do. Same reason how you won't have happiness unless you're happy with yourself. I absolutely love today's episode because I've been talking to Logan for almost two years as he would cut my hair and always knows his willingness to get into deeper conversations. He truly cares about each of his clients, and I love his passion for authenticity and willingness to be his true self despite what others may think of him. I would love to hear from you after today's episode what questions, comments, or encouragement you may need on your personal journey of ending zero days in your life. Reach out to Logan on Instagram at Big Love Cuts, and you can find me at Eric Michael Savage. I hope you have a blessed rest of your week.